1966, the United States Air Force funded a group of scientists working at the University of Colorado to perform an in-depth review of Project Blue Book. In addition to examining the UFO files provided by the U.S. military and civilian UFO groups, the scientists also investigated reports that took place during their two-year review. One of the cases that caught their attention was the report of a 22-year-old police sergeant who, after his encounter with a UFO along Highway 63 near Ashland, Nebraska, experienced numerous symptoms often associated with alien abductions. The young police sergeant was invited to Boulder, Colorado, where, under hypnotic regression therapy, memories of that fateful night were uncovered that had seemingly been repressed. This case file joined the theorists as they traveled back to that unbelievable Sunday with Dr. Sprinkle in The Abduction of Herbert Shermer. Welcome to Alien Theorists Theorizing Case File 149, Herbert Shermer. I'm Braden. I'm Zo. I'm Dan. And I am absolutely 100% not doing my fantasy baseball draft while I do this podcast. <laughs> so everybody knows that. That's- if I look distracted, it has nothing to do with that. You got yeah, sports just, on the mind. You try this guy tried to get away with his fucking Detroit Lions background today. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? We don't, we don't want to be associated with that. Mm-mm. No, I got yes. I got the camera mute button just right here, and at any time he gets hurt, out, boys. if he gets out of control, just boop, hurt. gone. Hey, yeah. listen, put that evil hey, on. Hey, I'm gonna remember all that. Don't you put that evil that on me, Andrew? <laughs> You're not there. You're not gonna be there for the worst. You're not gonna be there for fucking when it pays off, boys. I bleed Honolulu blue. It's going to fucking pay off. You, you know wait. how many Super Bowls Has I've it paid celebrated? off since they were 0-13? Uh, oh thirty? What was it? 0-16? Oh 0-13? Oh <laughs> there's 16 games, so yes, yeah. unfortunately, it was 0-16. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but there's nowhere to go but up, right? <laughs> no, there. no, we've, we've been think. consistently like... Oh, yeah, you can go slightly back up, and then you just go right back down again. <laughs> Listen, we haven't won a playoff game since 1992. All right, it's been fucking tough. But it's coming. It's happening. It's, I can feel it. We're going to be the fucking COVID kitties and we're going to win that fucking Super Bowl this year. <laughs> There'll always be an asterisk. So, no, this will yeah. be the year that they're doing really well in the regular season. Then it gets canceled halfway through because of it. <laughs> search, search number <laughs> right, two. Yeah. Buddy, you, it, 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 just my luck, the Canucks and the fucking Lions are going to win this year. Yeah, I don't oh. want And everybody's going to fucking blame it. Dude, I listen, I would love for the Canucks to win. I, I would love it, but the one part I would hate about them winning it now is that I would have to listen to every fucking Edmonton and Calgary fan being like, yeah, well, year one doesn't count. The one you got doesn't count. When did you really win one? Little star. And like, yeah. And then be like, okay. Anyways, Herbert Schirmer abduction. Herbert Schirmer. Guy's got the best Schirmer. name to say it. All day I've just been walking around just being like, Herbert Schirmer. Herberto. <laughs> He great, goes by great Herb. Name. Herb Schirmer. Heberto. <laughs> He's got an accent. Um, so what's up with this guy? This is a pretty 
I know I know we've talked about it briefly before in the past come up. It's you know pretty interesting UFO abduction case. So why don't we get into it? Highly recommended yeah. by a lot of people. And we yeah, finally I think decided to do it. A lot of people. A lot of people have covered it or something. It's it's more usually known as like the Ashland, uh, Nebraska UFO case or um, uh, around there in Nebraska UFO. But um, so this one takes place way back when, uh, December 3rd, 1967, around 2.30 a.m. Uh, near Ashland, Nebraska. You had Police Sergeant Herbert Shermer, uh, who Herbert was age 22 Shermer. at the time. Uh, he noticed some red lights along the highway, uh, highway 63 to be specific. And these red lights, which he saw seemed to be blinking in some sort of pattern. And at first his initial impression was that this was some type of, it was a truck. That's what he thought. It was some truck hauling down the road. And and that's just what he saw. These, these strange lights, um, as he got closer to these lights, he realized what he was seeing was something that he couldn't quite classify. Uh, his initial kind of impressions of this object was that he, he noticed the red lights. They seemed to be blinking. And this was some sort of craft uh, that seemed to be hovering in the air about six to eight feet above the road. And it was these these red lights were shining out of what seemed to be portholes on the side of the ship, like some type of windows of some type. Um, uh, he reported that this this object began to to slowly ascend and it made kind of a, a, a siren type of noise when it, when it probably exactly like that. That's what I imagined in my head. Rebel yell firework. Um, And from the bottom, he said that it seemed to be issuing some type of flame-like substance or or display uh, on the underside. So it seemed like... I love this. I just pictured like the exhaust of like some illegal street racing cars that spits the fire, you know, when they're revving up the engine. They're just showing (laughs) off at this point. (laughs) Shooting fire at the bottom. That's what you think the UFO is doing? Put on a show? That's what I pictured, like all little exhaust. Injecting the NOS. It's like, (laughs) yeah, they're hitting it. <laughs> uh, and well, that's this- the only explanation. And I'll say this now: when we learn about what the what they're said to this craft propulsion, like the propulsion system, it doesn't make sense in this description that it's shooting fire. So I can only assume that this is just a sh- straight up flex. It's straight. <laughs> It's just it's just a straight up that, UFO uh, yeah. flex. What do like, humans like? UFO Nebraska drift. Like that's when this. Yeah, is. yeah. There's stuff there. Like what do humans like? They watched. Well, I guess no, this is way before. What what was uh was there any type of Fast and the Furious movie back in the day like that? Like, Dragon. Man, I guarantee seven? you. Th- here's my new UFO scenario: is that time travel eventually exists? You know how Tom Cruise is going into space for the next movie, right? Well, like Fast Fifteen, they're actually going to go back in time. Uh, so this is Fast 15. Right to film it. This is Fast 15. This is so it's going to be it. like it's going to be a 1970 fucking Dodge Charger equipped with a flux capacitor. <laughs> yeah, Back to the future of the fast. <laughs> when I see space cops in my rear view, I don't slow down. Oh, Fast yeah. to the Future. That's what it will be. Fast <laughs> to the Future. Yeah, fast to the got Future. It. Yes. Got it. <laughs> oh, that's so fucking good. Boom. You know where that franchise is going. You got Dom Toretto. It's all about the family. <laughs> the going back. He's going back. 
to have sex with his grandma to put him himself in a dad. loop, right? It'd be his, <laughs> be own, his dad. own dad. Right? It's all about the family. I like it. Fast to the future. Uh, That's good. The bring back CG Paul Walker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, so Herbert Schirmer sees this object, and uh, from what he reported, he's he encountered this thing. He looked at it out the window. He saw these red lights, and then the object began to ascend, making this type of noise. And then it got to a certain altitude, and it just shot up out of sight, which we, you know, we hear reported in a lot of uh, UFO sightings, where they just suddenly get to a certain point and they just kind of, you know, take off. Shermer said that he got out of the police car after he had seen this object, and uh, with his flashlight, he inspected the surface of the road where the object had been seen to be hovering uh, close to the ground, and he kind of, uh, you know, to see if it had left any type of marks. He he didn't re- really remember seeing any type of, uh, you know, burn marks. There weren't any things on the ground. After this, he, he, you know, he figured that he's like, I've seen something incredible. I can't explain what this is. And in his own interview and like his own words, he's like, as a policeman, like due to my training and stuff, automatically, I'm like, I need to write this down. I need to put this down in my logbook. So I need to get back to the police station. Now, the one thing I'll say about this part that struck me as odd is that I listened to a couple of interviews with him and he says, yeah, due to my police training, And all of that, you know, this is 1967. And early he claims, he goes, you know, I thought about becoming a police officer and I went to my dad and then I went to the station five minutes later, I was a police officer. I got hired right there. And then later when it goes like, you know, all my police training, I was like, buddy, you got hired off the street. Like there wasn't a lot of training happening there. Having said that, big military background. uh, So, you know, it's not out of the question that he was relying on some sort of training. And I'm sure any cop will tell you that it's basic that you, everyone has a notebook, write, write your notes, write everything. Yeah. Yep. CYA. I can vouch for military. Like 75% of your job is, uh, taking logs, (laughs) observe and report a lot of it. Drop wrench. Um, You got to have really nice handwriting. (laughs) Drop wrench, return wrench. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I wish, I wish that, 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 that sounds like something I've probably written at some point. (laughs) Dude, let's make a. I want to make a FOIA request uh, to get Dan's notes from his military <laughs> days. <laughs> the Maester's logs. My engineering yeah. logs. No, yeah. Dan probably wrote some fucking like masterpiece novel or something when he was, he just forgot about it in his notes. Yeah. Lingering oh, no, there's a lot of it is bullshit. One SSTG uh, malfunction cannot start one STG, so have to shift to two STG. <laughs> it's real dumb shit. <laughs> it's a lot of dumb stuff. Uh, we'll see anyway so herbert Sherman writes in his logbook right right, away he gets to the police station while he is driving to the police station he he said that he attempted to radio ahead to kind of tell them like what he had seen or he kind of check in with the police station and he said that his radio at the time was not working um this is also a a common characteristic electronics before you know ufo encounters electronics go on the fritz going down you know some sort of EM interference, perhaps. We don't know. So he gets to the police station. He says he writes down in his logbook or in the, one of the, the, you know, his patrol logbook, saw a flying saucer at junction of Highway 6 and 63. Believe it or not. George isn't at home. No, he didn't write that part. <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not, I saw part. a flying saucer. 
Well, I think I think these are like I think this is one of those things. Um, I have some friends that are in law enforcement, and notes like that can be reviewed by a supervisor. So if someone was writing this in and knowing that like a supervisor would read it, that's why you would write that. Be like, I this is I saw. Believe it or not, I saw this. Like you're writing it for someone, expecting that someone may review it. Right. That's how I imagined because when I. You know, I could see if you thought like, why would you write it like that? That's way that's weird. But if you were expecting someone to be reviewing your notes, or if there's an audit and someone has to review them, yeah. like that's why you're writing something like that. <laughs> to write it like you're that. writing that, and then you're probably like, well, that's gonna question uh, like, believe it or not, like whatever. So you're you're basically writing that for someone else who's gonna review your notes. Yeah. Now, wh- when I was came across this case. There's always talk about in UFO cases like missing time, but in this particular case, it seems like he really after he writes this writes in his logbook, he says like he notices now that's three a.m. But then this only happened half an hour before, so I was like, how far from the station was he? Like half an hour missing time doesn't seem like that much, unless was he like right next to the station, and then by the time he got back, it was like, well, he he kind of seemed to think that this encounter was a mere couple minutes. So I think that's the astonishing part of like him seeing the saucer, you know, pulling, pulling over and going Jiminy Christmas, getting out, (laughs) expecting it going, Holy shit. Get radios not working. Oh, I saw a UFO, believe it or not in his car (laughs) driving. Then all of a sudden he's like, what the fuck? It's three. Like that's fucking weird. How far? No, it says like when he wrote this in the logbook, it was three a.m. So I was wondering like how far from the. Well, he said that the whole thing probably he felt like it didn't last more than ten minutes of what he saw, okay. and then coming I'm, back. And also, I'll, I'll say this: as a working man, Andrew, I got a question for you. So if you could stop making your draft picks for a second to answer. <laughs> as a working man who works night shift, while you're on a night shift, is there any point in the night where you're like unaware? You're like, oh. I'm unaware of the time right now. Or are you just like counting the hours? Like, holy fuck. I got a couple more hours left. Counting every single <laughs> fucking minute. Right. So and that's zero exaggeration. So I just, I, I would think that you would know at all times. Like you're working, you'd be, you'd be like driving right. It's the middle of the fucking night. How big's Ashland, Nebraska? Like, what are you doing in the middle of the night? Oh, when when he said that after he saw this craft or after he had his encounter and he was driving back to police station, you know, he definitely remarked like I drove at high speed. So, I mean, oh, yeah, he he said that he fucking hauled ass to to write this fucking report. Yeah. So he writes this report uh, in in the logbook, makes it official. He's like, I saw a flying saucer. But he also relates this tale to another officer who came in later uh, that morning uh, probably about five or six a.m. Uh, I don't know the officer's last name. He refers to him as Paul, who uh, Herbert said that he had a pretty good relationship. They were friends, and uh, he told Paul honestly what he saw. Like I, I, I saw something out there that I can't really explain. He described the craft, and Officer Paul uh, surprisingly responded with, "I believe you." <laughs> like. Not only, not only I believe you, but he's like, listen, I seen them too. Like I've seen UFOs and little green men like running on the side of the road. I've seen it. I just never tell anyone. No, you know what? I seriously think this guy's queuing him up to look like an asshole. He's like, no, no, I believe you hundred percent. Go around, tell fucking everybody what you saw. 
I got your back. I mean, Mr. he even told he told her. No, but no, he told like, her. Yeah, two he, other two encounters that he had had, or or stuff that he had seen. He said he's seen two before. UFO stories or two UFOs on the side of the road one time or something. Yeah, yeah. with little green men. He, Were they wearing silver suits them. and dancing? Probably Herbie dancing. Hancock? But he, uh, the crazy thing is, is he tells Herb, he's like, "Listen, don't tell anyone. Like, you're gonna be ridiculed. Don't tell a soul." Like you shouldn't tell anyone about this, right? So it's like when you're saying that, oh, maybe he's, you know, kind of like trying to rile him up or whatever. It doesn't really make sense that he would be so adamant to like give him the advice of like not tell, like don't tell him, don't tell anyone, just forget what you saw, keep it to yourself. Having said that, in his interview, like if if I had a coworker and I was like relating this experience to them. And they were that supportive and like, listen, I believe you. And I've seen something I'm going to share with you. I would be pumped. And in, in like future interviews, I would be like, yeah, he, you know, really helped me. And Herb in his interview is like, yeah. And then Paul told me his story. And I was like, yeah, right, Paul. Yeah, right. You kick rock. I was like, you just, <laughs> you're just claiming to see a UFO. And you're going to look this guy who tells you a UFO story and go, yeah, right, Paul. Listen, fucking Paul, loon. do not try to fucking... Get the same idea I got and fuck with my book deal. All right, pal? <laughs> yeah. This is all me. It has nothing to do with you. It's all Gerberto Sherman. No, what it was is Paul, I'm sure Paul's that guy in the office. You know that guy. And Herb was like, I don't want to be that guy. So like, yeah, right, Paul. Like, yeah, good try. So like, like, pretty yeah. much the Craig. Everybody's got that Craig. Craig in the office. Yeah, everyone's got a Craig in the office. Everybody's got the Craig. Nobody wants to be like Craig. And if, and if you don't have a Craig, you're the Craig. So later in the morning... uh, after Shermer, I think this is uh, post Shermer got off his shift, uh, you know, doing doing the overnight, and he said that he got home, and when he got home, he he suddenly started to suffer like kind of a a serious headache, and he said he described having some sort of like weird buzzing in his head, and then he also said that he discovered some type of like a, what seemed to be like a red welt on the back of his neck. Uh, he described it as being about two inches long and about half inch wide. And uh, reports kind of vary that it, it was located near a nerve cord below one of his ears. I was I was read that and I was I was wondering, what's a nerve cord by your ear? Is that like a, is that a real thing? Well, I'm well, sure there's, there's the there's like the a, one underneath. There's like right? a cluster uh, here, inner orbital or whatever your inner. Yeah. Oh, orbital so when you nerve. when you like push behind your ear, that's your nerve yeah. cord. Or yeah. there's like the there's the C clamp behind, whatever that's called. The fuck, are you talking? <laughs> What's the fucking nerve clamp on the back of your neck Jesus there that people can grab? Someone, I'm not a fucking medical expert. Medical expert, God. can you please Jesus. chime in here and and fit, let us know what we said wrong? <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like a whole lot of wrong to me. The C clamp and the fucking. <laughs> well, where's the or other? you know the fucking guitar strings up there? You can... guitar, <laughs> guitar strings. Oh man, what happened? Yeah. Where did we take this? All right. Listen, he's if you're watching our live stream, he's just googling the answer now. What what are they called? What are the nerve clusters? Buddy, I can't there? be fucking doing that. I got my fantasy draft going on here. I can't be googling shit. <laughs> what's uh, what's the nerve clusters behind the ear? Where's the nerve cluster? Or the good question. I what's he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. Yeah, it's behind your ear. If you push it's behind bad. your ear, ear hard That's enough, I thought, uh, gives I you thought a, that was the infraorbital or whatever. Nerve it's fucking cluster. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, we'll go, we're going with it. Buy the nerve cluster, buy his ear. He has a red welt. While he's at home, 
he gets a phone call from Chief Bill Blaskin, uh, who's the police chief, uh, you know, his boss, and pretty much saying, like, Herbert, Herb, what the what fuck? What the fuck is this shit? What the fuck is this log? shit that you just wrote down, you dumb, f- like, what? Hmm. <laughs> what is this? And, uh, you know, I need you to come down to the station right now and, and, and tell me what you saw. And Herb was... Herb told him, like, no, I feel sick. Like, he felt like, sick enough that he's like, I can't drive to the police station right now and and do that. Like, yeah, I feel way up. too sick. He was he was nauseous, um, 100% sick, not going anywhere. So Chief Bill's like, well, okay, fuck, I'll go there. So he goes there, and they have a conversation, and tell, he tells him what he saw and what he experienced. And uh, a few hours later, uh, Chief Bill went out to visit where the site was and uh it was reported that he found some type of small metallic object and that a chemical analysis was was run on it and it it seemed to be composed of iron and silicon now later this whole entire experience would would end up being reviewed by the Condon project out of the University of Colorado and the Condon project was kind of the the uh precursor it precursor to project blue book mm-hmm. so uh it's kind of like so you have that going on and they're like this was good enough to kind of pull their attention and be like okay this is a ufo case let's check this out yeah you know. so bill sends it in condon project looks into it they get back to bill and they go it's shit bill he's like what do you mean it's shit he's like it's literal shit you said <laughs> <laughs> this some shit I mean, shit composed of iron and silicon. So yeah, meh. <laughs> He's like, it, but they come back and they say it's, you know, they say like, you know, it's probably just ordinary corroded earthly waste. Yeah. Earthly shit. Earthly shit. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. funny because, you know, prior to our last week's episode with Bruce Fenton, I probably would, I would have just glazed over this. But as soon as I saw this, like iron and silicon, I'm like, you know, Bruce is talking about silicon crafts. Could very so, well you know, be, you know, it could be some thinking, sort of craft composed of that kind of, I, I'd be more on board for like quartz because quartz always seems to pop up every now and then, but iron silicon. Eh. Well, yeah, the silicon was, that was just when uh, silicon was starting to be used for like commercial goods. That's right. Right. Like during the moon, uh, the Apollo missions, they were starting to use silicon for a lot of stuff. Like I think the boots and stuff were made of silicon, but I think in like regular commercial use, silicon wasn't super widely available except for silly putty. Remember Silly Putty? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's delicious. Remember Silly Putty? Yeah, like I would still buy it. Like still. <laughs> you see that shit in the grocery store? You can roll it into a ball and bounce it like a bouncy ball. Like, fuck, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, it was uh, Have cool. you seen what that fucking thing can do to newspapers? Yeah. Amazing. You Blow could make little mind. hot dogs, little hamburgers, little meatballs. Yeah. That explains so much. <laughs> Braden was the kid that ate all his toys. Didn't matter what it was. Tonka trucks. It's true. G.I. Joe's. All Barbies, Legos, buddy. All. Yeah. Some some Legos never came out the other end. No. You still got those berries. No, deep they're in still in there. Intestinal yeah, it's track. half man, half Lego. Buddy, I am Legoland. <laughs> uh, so, like, the Condon, the Condon Committee reviewed this case and, and like, they felt like something was there. They felt like there, there, there's something that he actually experienced something. That was kind of their, their conclusion, whether, whether or not it was, you know, it, it was something, there's something there. So 
after you know Herbert reported this this whole experience to his boss and to to Officer Paul and all this, the story started getting around town. And Herb says that after that, few days later, the phone calls start coming. People calling him, you know, whether it's either razzing him about his experience, but also yeah. people hey, interested. Hey, it's Mars calling. <laughs> <laughs> like he Nerd. said, like people actually would call and like say that to him. Like, hey, it's this is Mars calling. Of course. Uh, I think he said one of his neighbors like caught him like while he was walking down the side of the, the walking down the sidewalk and like ran up to him and said, hey, if you see the aliens again, tell him to bring me some new tires. <laughs> no, no, no. He sold oh, tires. It? Yeah. He was a tire salesman. He's like, hey, if they come again, let them know I want to sell them a set of tires. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, okay, thanks. Cool. That's fucking hilarious. That's that's good. Yeah. So he that's was comedy. definitely getting, uh, you know, a hard time about this this whole encounter and things like this. So a few, but after that, a couple weeks later, you know, the Connor report, you know, people hearing about this, some folks call him up and they're like, we want to hook you up with a specialist. The specialist with a specialist specialist. of what? Right. We want you to meet somebody. God damn it, Jim. We've had another case. God damn it, Jim. Not another abductee. God damn it, Jim, it happened in Nebraska. A watchman. God damn it, Jim. Not Nebraska. What are we going to do? I see no other way, Jim. I think we have to utilize the Sprinkle Initiative. The Sprinkle Initiative, Jim? God damn it. You out of your mind? God damn it, Jim. Get him on the phone. Bring. You got Sprinkles. God damn it, Sprinkle. This is your country calling. The United States of America. Yes, I understand that, but you know what? There's a big, big, big list for Mr. Leon Sprinkles right now. You know, it's a popular season. We got grads. We got three-year-old birthday parties. Hypnotists are very hot right now. God damn it, Sprinkles. Listen to me. Your country needs you. Now, you listen to me, Mr. Jimison. Nobody speaks to Leon Sprinkles like that. God damn it, Dr. Sprinkle. Are you going to answer your country's call or not? I'll have you court-martialed. Mr. Jimison, I think your eyelids are getting very heavy right now. I think you're slowly dozing off, counting sheep, slowly falling asleep on the end of the phone. God damn it, Jim. Wake up. Ah, ah, God damn it. He's good, Jim. Got me again. God damn it, Jim. He's the kind of good we need. <laughs> and uh, that's how Dr. Sprinkle arrived on the screen. On the, screen. <laughs> the specialist, Dr. Sprinkle, recruited by He's the got... G- Jim Jimerson. Well, I'd imagine, I imagine how it gets because how the fuck else are you... How do you look at a guy like, is that his stage name? Leon Sprinkle, the traveling hypnotist? <laughs> no, I mean, his actual name is Dr. Leo Sprinkle. And Leo, Dr. Leo oh, Sprinkle was a uh, a well-known uh, hypnotist. He, he specialized yeah. in, in, in type of hypnotism, uh, regression hypnosis, uh, which was, you know, big at the time. And, you know, they felt that Dr. Leo Sprinkle was the person that would be able to kind of perhaps... You know, since it had been popularized by the Betty and Barney Hill case and a couple of other alien abduction cases, they figured, why not? 
You know, I mean, they're like, we we want you to come up to Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> fucking um, why not, eh? <laughs> Exhausted. <laughs> fucking well, let's get a hypnotist in. <laughs> I, I'm sure they I'm sure they heard about his kind of, you know, his confusion about the time. Like, I'm sure they kind of homed in on that. And they're like, well, you know, missing time is usually that means that perhaps there is some, you know, locked away, some memories locked away in there, missing time. You know, missing memories and those can be accessed through regressive you know regression hypnosis which was the that was the big thing at the time all right just before we get into uh those lost memories through hypnosis let's take a quick beer break yeah we'll be right back all right so we just we're leaving off with uh the hypnosis under dr leo sprinkle right the the leo the sprinkle initiative has been activated yeah <laughs> I'll bring back your memories with a little sprinkle. Yeah, that's that's right. A little sprinkle. Now tell us, tell us, Mr. Shermer, where did the aliens touch you on a bum bum? What happened? Go ahead now. You're so, in a safe space. Just on a quick tangent, when I heard it was Dr. Sprinkle, I was like, that is my new horror movie concept of Dr. Sprinkle, the, uh, the, the psychotic uh, ice cream man who kills people with ice cream toppings. Yeah. Like, <laughs> ice cream topping related deaths. Buddy, like, have, you seen, deaths. have you seen the burbs? Not for a long time. Not for a long time. Man, that's that's what he, he fucking. There's a story of a <laughs> Doctor Sprinkle killer that sounds just like that. Just kills people with fucking ice cream toppings and a cherry on top. <laughs> like good. Yeah, it's, like that. I was like, I went on for oh man, ten minutes of thinking about that. That was that was fun. <laughs> Dance right so, in the screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> in my head going through this whole thing it's like a gummy bears like melting gummy bears like a big cream? melted gummy bears on somebody and they're like sealed inside like <laughs> that's how you know he's a fucking serial killer because he puts gummy bears on his ice cream that's <laughs> yeah that's, 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 not that's fucked i think i actually only did that once when i was a kid and i was like i yeah. don't like this that was a mistake you might that as well put silly idea. putty on it no <laughs> Yeah, no gummy candy. Any ideas, Braden? All right, don't be putting silly putty on your ice cream. It's not a good idea. It, it's it all sounds good. <laughs> just just leave out the ice cream. If it if it looks good, Braden will eat it. Yeah, I like I've got silly silly putty and Haribos stuck in my head right now. <laughs> oh, Haribos are bomb, but by themselves, that's it. Yeah. You don't need anything else. Okay, so anyway, so what what is so obviously. Um, Herbert Shermer comes in to Dr. Sprinkle and he's going to get this regression hypnosis therapy. Right. So they put, they put Herbert through the, what would be considered the standard regressive uh, hypnosis kind of trials. They put him through the, you know, we regress him to age seven, we regress him back up to age 14. Like they put him through all of that kind of stuff. So they, you know, to somehow, I guess, I don't know, calibrate their regressive hypnosis technique. I guess. Sure. You know, you know, that's how it works, I guess. And so when they regressed him back to the night of his encounter, uh, he came in with some new information or recovered memories of what had happened in that missing time uh, that he felt that, you know, he, he had lost uh, during the encounter. So uh, during 
during this time, he said that he he felt his car pulled uphill right after he had seen this craft, which was landing, and he remembered being unable to move and and experiencing a kind of tingling sensation, uh, but still being kind of paralyzed and not able to move at all. Uh, the craft landed, uh, and a hatch opened up in the front of it, and these two uh, very human shaped forms uh, approached his vehicle. And at this point he, yeah, it has something in his hand and like this part of the interview with him, when you're hearing him talk about it and that it, it really sounds like he was concerned at this point. Like they had, they have something in their hand, they have something in their hand. And I imagine like as a police officer, that would be a scary thought. Like something's approaching you. You're not sure what's in their hands. I'm sure you're trained to be like, is that a gun? Is that a weapon? And he actually tries to go for his gun and he can't. He's just kind of frozen in, uh, you know, some sort of suspended state. A familiar trait with UFO or, or abduction cases, like what the last one we've done, the Andreessen one, like same thing. They freeze, like freeze you. You can't move. They freeze you as they, as they teleport through the door in that case. But in this case, same type of thing. They have some type of control, like telepathic control over you. Through yeah, or tell or through the light. Like we don't we don't know, but he definitely heard um, like telepathic voices. Yeah, they approached his vehicle with this this some sort of silver instrument, and uh, they he said that some sort of green light issued out from the device, and then he felt a, a quick sensation. He couldn't really describe what it was, but he know he felt something. And then he says he felt nothing. So I guess he could feel, you know, whether it was the, they felt the sensation and then the absence of that sensation. Uh, Then the second creature uh, being approached his vehicle and, and reached through the window, the open window of his patrol car and pressed another type of object to Shermer's neck. And he said that this object resembled something like a silver pencil with a ball at the end. Uh And I I Uh did find this interesting that, up until this point, he didn't hear anything. And after this is touched, then he begins to seemingly understand them or they communicate with him after this moment. So I don't know if whatever they touched to his neck, like, you know, they said it attached to some nerves, was maybe sending some sort of electrical pulses to his brain or, or something to help him understand either their, you know, um, their telepathic thoughts or their language or, or what. But I found that kind of interesting. That it wasn't until this point, and then he kind of hears like communicates with them. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, that's a really good connection because I didn't even think about that for some reason. Uh, that these, that after they do this to him, he's able to kind of communicate, he's able to communicate with them because they address him, you know, through language or like a physical language. Um, and they say, they asked him, they inquired of him, are you the watchman of this town? That's a great question. That's a, it's a one. It's a great question, and two, like even and you know I've read it and I've read it in other things that say like a lot of people point to this thing as saying like this is why we believe this guy because this guy has like no educational background and none of this and like this is people don't like people wouldn't make that people wouldn't think to make that like little thing up but like saying watchman instead of policeman or, you know, officer or anything. It makes so much sense in context, but yet not close enough where it's like, it's you're like, you know that's off, but you completely understand. It's, it if let's just say, if he's not to be believed and he made this all up, 
to me, this aspect of his story of saying that line, are you the watchman of this town is fucking genius. Well, but see, the thing is the, in, during the interviews though, he referred to himself as a watchman many times. This isn't the only instance that watchman came up when they, when he talked about his job, he referred to himself as a watchman. Yeah. But is it because of after this situation? Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is all post now that he's having this interview. It's just a very weird saying. He, after the regression hypnosis, he's like, Watchman, that's a good fucking term. I'm going to use that. (laughs) That sounds fucking cool. (laughs) I'm going to say that even though no one else calls us that. Listen, I read a comic and it was fucking cool. I'm pretty much Dr. Manhattan. This is like 20, 30 years. (laughs) But, you know, they come out, they say, are you the Watchman of this town? And he replies, yes, sir. Like, you know, right. So he was at this point, he was able to respond to them. So he was able to move uh, after they touched it. So whether this silver pencil ball thing uh, released him from the effects of the freezing effects. And this is this is another interesting, you know, part I've wondered. I wondered I wonder if he ever if he if he indeed ever left the car or if he had some sort of outer body experience that's what i really played with because he doesn't really describe coming back in the car you know there's some blurriness but to me like they touch him with a pen now he can move around could he move around or was he just having an unbelievable outer body experience with whatever they touched him with yeah either way uh he does remember going inside the ship and he does uh, i mean he I'm pretty sure he describes like the physical sensations of going inside the ship, standing on these platforms, you know, interacting with these beings, you know, through touch. So whether it's, you know, I don't, again, outer body experience, maybe, I don't know. When he gets inside the ship, he describes seeing in his hypnotic state of these memories coming back. He, he describes seeing these 12 foot, what seemed to be 12 foot silver pillars and within the center of the room that they that they entered into the ship, there's some sort of like cocoon shaped object that seemed to be spinning and giving off these rainbow colored lights, like just just a bunch of, you know, uh, like multicolored bending and swirling around. Right. Yeah, I, I, he didn't really Blowing. describe whether they were rotating. It just kind of like it was it, I'm not sure if they were like moving all around the object or it was kind of if it was like moving like, you know, like a generator or something like that. Not not 100 percent sure in his uh, in his recollection, you know, so he he actually at this point asked the the ETs like he asked them, you know, point blank. He was pretty much like, how does this craft work? Like, how does this thing work? And uh, the you know, I guess the the bean was was kind enough to respond and kind of try to explain to him. And in Herb's own words that he remembers that this being told him that the the craft operated on uh, concepts of electrical reversible magnetism, reversible magnetism, right? Because right. you know, magnets, how do they work? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, fucking magnets, the crazy. Nobody but knows how magnets work. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is like, so he's saying that the ETs are telling him this, so it doesn't make sense that earlier on. He's like, for me, this part, I'm like, I, I wonder if this part's a little bit of a adding to the story later, because when he's saying like, yeah, it was, you know, it's spitting fire out some sort of little light show. I'm like, well, why, what would be the point of having some sort of exhaust shooting flames if 
Like I, I listen, I I know nothing about electrical reversible magnetism, but it doesn't sound like there's going to be any flames coming out of there. We should have talked about that. We should have talked to that guy at AlienCon. Oh, talked yeah. about anti-gravity. The, probably tell us all about fal- electrical reversible magnetism. Well, the only yeah. thing I could find about electrical reversible magnetism, or not, probably not the only thing I could find, but the only thing I found is it's about, it's actually more about like some type of memory storage. So on engineering360.com, it's pretty much saying researchers have been able to create and annihilate magnetic properties in a non-magnetic material. That's what electrical reversible magnetism means to these guys. And it's pretty much a new type of memory storage, adding extra layers to memory storage. So pretty much faster and more storage in a device. I could not find anything to do with propulsion. That does not mean... You know, that's interesting because he said that, you know, these ETs talked to him about like, you know, basically abducting people at random and they're trying to ease for invasion and when he was pressed on the word invasion they were like you know so they're going to come and like take over he's like no 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 they meant in a nice way they're trying to they want to disclose this to everyone but they're trying to do it randomly and they were like giving him information and giving other people information so when you say this has something to do with memory i wonder if like they've rather than there's been some kind of miscommunication between him and them and they're trying to, to explain to him like what they're doing to him and he's asking about the ship, but they're trying to explain what they're doing to him. Maybe, and maybe they've done something to his, his memory, right? Like giving him some sort of new layers in his memory, uh, you know, to help the future. I, it, that just kind of popped in my head when you start talking about memory. Yeah. I mean, it's very complicated from what I read. This is a very complicated thing that I could not even try to explain, but that's all I could find. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe it was a concept beyond kind of what he could understand or perhaps maybe that's what his brain kind of, uh, again, maybe the, the translation wasn't perfect or, or whatever they were, the I'm technology just saying, they were like, using to communicate. If they're, if they're <laughs> saying, oh, our propulsion systems are you know, electrical reversible magnetism, but then on the other side of the coin, they're calling him the watchman. I'm like, all right, come on. Like, you know what I mean? Like at that point, if you're, if you can use the terms electrical reversible magnetism, you know, those concepts and then like. Like enough to speak them in English. They could, they could have been Google translating their language. Like it doesn't. That's true. Google translates That's true. You're never right. 100%. That's right. That's true. That's right. And, wa- and Watchmen's uh, goddamn close. Like that would make sense. Someone who watches <laughs> over the town. That's it. Like it logically makes sense. That's some. It's some bad Google AI translate. Yeah, but uh, so they isn't what isn't one of the theories though? Like because these aliens actually looked human like. Well, did they though? Because in later. You know renditions and stuff. He, I didn't did. I thought for some reason I read. Maybe I just saw some of the videos I was watching. They kept showing reptilians, but I thought uh, they were some sort of reptilian race. Oh no, they had the winged serpent crest, the the crest on their, right. on their thing. But they, but they yeah. actually looked very much human like. Yeah, yeah, they look very human like. The only thing that he kind of described as being uh, notable in their features that are that, that is distinctly not human were their eyes. I think he said they had like non blinking vertical, like kind of slanted vertical eyes oh so they are reptilians uh, maybe shape-shifting reptilians like, i i don't think i don't think he said they like specifically they had scaly looking faces i think it was very much gray uh but yeah like they had i think they have vertical slits uh for eyes so perhaps mm, okay. maybe um one well, he and you know they he talks about them trying to give him information and really pass that we have nothing to fear from them and like Everything about this count an encounter from his perspective seems to be positive. Like he wasn't scared. They really reassured him. 
you know, when he says this in under hip, hypnosis. Hmm. Yeah. And the beans seem to be, you know, they're very happy to, or they seemed, you know, very, uh, you know, not excited, but they, they were like giving him a full tour of the ship. They, they seem very interested in informing him about, you know, where they're from because he, uh, they take him to an actual, uh, you know, out of whatever is like the, the engine room with this, this uh, rainbow cocoon in the middle, they moved him up to a second floor in the ship. They actually took it. And he said it was some sort of a glass platform that just kind of formed. And then they took that and they took that up to the second floor and they took him and showed him, you know, he described it as a screen. So it was a 2d screen. They took him up to their, their 92 inch LED backlight Q. No Q. What's what's the top of the line right now? Q LED, Q LED backlit touch screen right. and showed them the universe of where they're from <laughs> uh, literally yes they did do that so it was like they uh, when they're they're communicating with him they showed him a, a star map like a map of or at least like what seemed to be like a section of the night sky uh you know he's herbert Shermer again his his education is is not that you know, comprehensive. He'd only, I think he'd only had like a high school degree. He'd never been to a, a academic and he never really started, studied astronomy, even if he had. Uh, and he, yeah, he has no kinda, idea what he's looking at. Yeah. So <laughs> he's got, he knows <laughs> he's like, like, these are stars. Okay. And they pointed at one. I don't fucking know. Yeah. And also, I don't think this, I don't think this bean was exactly like do it going around it the best way because it kind of just pointed at one. Here we or that's are. what he reported is that it's like, this is where we're from. Watch and Herbert, Herbert was probably like, oh, cool. That's sure. Cool. Oh, yeah. All right. Is, is that yeah. the cool. North Star? You're from? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> what I'm the familiar. fuck are you going to know? Yeah. And so the Beans went on to go to relate about like, you know, why, why they're here. You know, he asked them like, why are you here? Because why, why not? Like first question you got to ask, how does your craft work? And then why are you here? And they, you know, responded with, you know, we're here to get electricity. That for me when i read i was like that didn't that was the one thing in the case was like why earth for electricity is a universal constant must be why come to earth to get it unless it was a mistranslation again and it was some type something else because electricity itself is pretty must be pretty common yeah yes but we also manufacture it but i mean if if you could traverse the distance of space or time or both you're gonna come here for a little nuclear energy or some like or what 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 kind what what, what kind of electricity would be so valuable on Earth that you couldn't do it somewhere else? Is what I would imagine. Wondering. Anything that we have is archaic compared to what they have. That's if that's what I mean. Able to do interstellar tra- travel. That's what makes that's... me wonder. Maybe it was a mistranslation of some kind. Maybe he did. Well, gotta be. perhaps. But the thing is, is that after the beans told him this, they actually, you know, they took him to some sort of like observation deck within the craft or at the top of the craft. And, uh, he, he, he remarked on like, they had these type of chairs up here that were able to kind of observe. Oh yeah. He fucking love these chairs. Holy shit. He's, Oh, there's, they're like chairs, but they're not chairs. They're like dentist chairs, but they're better than dentist chairs. They're chairs. So what you're telling me is this fucking guy doesn't know much about astrology, but he's all about the fucking chairs. Yeah, you know, this guy knows his chairs. massage chairs. This is a he, fucking series three, nine thousand no, chair He knows a good here. chair when he sees one. <laughs> he lets you know. These are some good chairs. In this observation deck, after they had told him that to 
they need to get electricity or obtain electricity. Uh, he said that he saw, he remembers seeing a large antenna like structure, which extended from the outside of the ship towards a power unit. He referred to a power unit. I'm not sure if he's talking about like a power line or something like that. Cause they weren't near like a power relay station, station or nothing right. or anything like that, that, you know, that, I remember reading about or hearing him talk about, but that this, this antenna seemed to issue from it, a bolt of what he, he couldn't even describe the color. It was like, it was an indescribable color. He can't even, you know, went from his memories. Uh, it, it was just a bolt of energy of some type. And this process that it, you know, this, this bolt going back and forth from this power unit or from the power lines, uh, seemed to last that what he remembers approximately about 30 minutes and then it was done. And it you, just, know, you know, you know what this kind of makes me think of, I'm like, okay, so say if they are drawing power, if they're drawing power and this is to be believed, then maybe other UFOs are drawing power. And then I wonder how hard it is to find out. Cause I like, if you're, you know, on, we, we kind of monitor the power grid. So yep. if there was some sort of like anomaly of like, there's like all of a sudden a power draw from like somewhere else in their like circuit. You you think that somewhere someone would know about this. And I wonder if anyone works. I, I, and for, I have no idea. I, I will say right now, I know nothing about electricity. I know if I stick a fork in those outlet, it hurts. <laughs> Don't stick a fork in the toaster. It hurts. Yeah. Right. Well, That's yeah, all I know. But what I'm saying is that I, if there's anyone who, you know, is any kind of electrical engineer, is that a thing? Could that is there anomalies where you know in where you're seeing draws in cities or something like that that are out of the norm that just kind of get washed away? They're like, oh, that's gosh, that's kind of strange. I wonder if that happens, and I wonder if that's a way to trace these UFOs. Well, it'd have to be because like the power grid is like a very simple yet also super complex thing is like they they know they have to generate the precise amount of power all the time or it either gets unused yeah. and shot back into the ground or you have blackouts because you don't have enough energy to go around but because we deal in such high volumes of electricity like the power grids have so much energy in them that if it was just a little like a little extra draw here and there you would never know but if you would have to yeah, have like sometimes an insane I wonder if these mass surge. blackouts like if these mass blackouts that have happened in the in the past, maybe it can be attributed to you oh. know these things recharging. Yeah. So on on that point, actually, uh, during the when we were doing the Andreessen affair, and I was researching about that, there was a part later that Andreessen she reported that these these creatures, the beings that she had encountered, you know, Quasga and all his gang, uh, were actually responsible or partially responsible for the nineteen the the black like the rolling blackouts in New York uh, during the nineteen seventies. Like they're crafted either either they I, now whether they they did it to recharge a ship. I'm, I I don't remember reading about that, but th- it's like they were able to manipulate you know lightning storms and 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 energies and whether to use that for for whatever they I find purposes. that so interesting because you know how many times do like that I'll be here where I live and you know the the power will go out for like 25 minutes or whatever and it'll be like oh we had you know electrical failure here and then you're like well why and I'm like could this and I'm just thinking now is this possibly these things our systems maybe got so good at handling this that it doesn't happen as often uh, because of whatever I imagine, whatever their ships run are, is running amazingly efficiently, so they wouldn't need 
an incredible amount, but maybe it's not crippling the system like it did, you know, back, you know, back in time a little bit. Hey, it's, I mean, probably not, but maybe because, yeah, I mean, we have like smart grid systems now, which we pretty much know exactly how much energy that we need at different types of like times of the day. Like in peak times, they'll open the dams a little bit more. They'll pump more energy into the grid. But yeah, if you had something that would draw an insane amount of power really quickly and you didn't have it accounted for, it would cause a I, localized blackout for a short I period like of time. That. I like that. If you're telling me that anytime my lights are flickering, that that's some sort of UFO <laughs> drawing from the system, I'm in. I'm in. Sure. I like that. I like that a lot. The power grid is surprisingly consistent, though. How many times a year does your power actually go out? A couple? A few times a year? A couple times, yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing how you can always have power to your house. But I'll tell you, my lights every now and then do a little flicker to the point where I go, mm. Mm. "UFO coming down, siphoning." I used to say this in my head. I used to go, "Ghosts," and now I'm gonna go, "Aliens." Aliens. But some people say one and the same. Yeah. So now at the end, this is coming to, towards the end of of this encounter. The beans. Uh, relayed their kind of final message to to herb uh saying that they their kind of plan or their whatever they were doing uh was to again uh brayden kind of touched on this already that it's like we're here not to help you we're here not to harm you um uh, again, uh, when Herbert was in the interview, when he was doing the regression hypnosis, they, he said, you know, we're here to prepare you for the invasion. And they said, oh, whoa, 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 hold on a second. One second. Yeah. Did you say invasion? Like invasion, invasion? They asked him while he was in the trance. And he's like, no, it's it's not quite that. Like, it's not they don't mean invasion in a type of uh, they didn't mean it in like a um, an aggressive type of invasion or takeover. Sure, like, they didn't. <laughs> no no More. you know what that's perfect that's perfect because that to me that's zell exactly what you were saying that speaks to that there was some sort of there was miscommunication in the in the sense that they're like not everything's translating properly but in context he understood that invasion did not mean like you know the invasion as we think Right. It wasn't invasion as in like subjugation it was like invasion as in um they they plan to kind of reveal themselves to randomly selected subjects. They said that, you know, why I think Herb kind of asked them, like, why me? And they're like, you just happened to got picked. Like, we're just doing it to everybody, random people all and over he, the world. And he said that they told him that it's because they don't want the governments, you know, just getting any patterns from them. Right. Keep it which random. I found very interesting, which means that like they were aware that like the nation's governments were onto them. We're, we're, we're onto them. We're new about and if, them. And, and then I find it interesting that they, they know the concept of government that works, but like policeman, Markov, <laughs> but it's still watchman. But like, you know, um, or, or they or they have, you know, if they are watchers of some type, they do under, they do understand uh, the danger of having, you know, if it's certain groups of people or, or certain, you know, um, people with a certain phenotype whatever like look and we have a tendency like as a species we, we have a tendency to violence we do yeah persecution do. is pretty uh pretty common <laughs> right so you would definitely have to tiptoe 100 percent. okay so now, you know now can yeah. we can we talk about when they said 
they show them to like the observation deck and then they say, one day you will see the universe as I do. I thought that was a like quite a cryptic statement. I was like, what does that mean? To me, that could really mean anything. It could be mean like you just, you, you understand your place in the universe. Like it could be, it could be just be, you understand that you're not alone. That maybe, you are, maybe it was one of those, like you as in man, like one day man will understand, like we'll see the universe as we do. Right. Like, may, like, we know there was some sort of like level of like communication wasn't exactly parallel. So it's like if we're if we're taking liberties with other parts of it, we have to take liberties with all of it. And to me, this is one of those parts where I'm like looking at it and I'm like, well, maybe they didn't mean him specifically, but maybe they meant like when they were referring to him, it was like the royal we. It was all of us. Like, man, right. will you will experience the universe as us and you was all of us. Now, this goes to the theory, though. So when I when I read that I was like okay well now you have human human figures human aliens maybe they had a vertical slit maybe they did not but if they did not and they were more of like an actual human it goes with that theory that aliens or extraterrestrials are not necessarily from a different galaxy but from a like they are from you get into a little time travel as if they come they've come back to show you know you get you get in the time well anytime you get in time like time travel you get in a loop but maybe like they got to a point where they had to come back to show, you know, to this is this is the start of us understanding the next level of technology. Buddy, this is the start of Fast to the Future. <laughs> Fast to the yeah. Future. Boom. Brought full circle. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. We're the not family. aliens. We're family. We, yeah. <laughs> 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 One day you'll see the universe as we do. Because yeah, somebody together, call Vin Diesel. We need to pitch this. Need to get on this. Yeah. <laughs> do they have coronas they the in rock. space? Do they have coronas in space? That's what I need to know. Corona? What else are they going to drink? The beer? Yeah. Or? Uh, the, the beer yeah, or the disease? Fucking, no, the drink so they can have their fucking family dinners and clink beers. Oh, yeah. and, oh you know they got, corona, they got space coronas. Oh, man. Space <laughs> NOS, all that stuff. All the good space shit. Space drifting. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. Good shit. It's coming. One day we'll, around Jupiter. One day we'll see the universe as they do. And it's going to be a lot cooler. This is Herbert Shermer's case to me is very interesting because I find it I find him very believable because he never pro- profited from this story at all. And if anything, it caused his life to be worse, far worse than it needed to be. Yeah, he never wrote a book, right? Did he? he never wrote a book. I mean, he he told his story to at least is it Ryan? Uh, it, two books had his account in it, but he uh, didn't. He didn't. Two wait, books by Eric Norman. Yeah, but uh, he gods, never. Gods, demons, and space chariots. Gods and devils from outer space. Like his story he, was in two of those. Books. He's not going to Alien Con, shaking hands no. and taking names. No, shaking no, no. limp fish, dead fish hands. <laughs> he and he could very well could have just been like it was nothing. I never saw anything. He never, you know, he didn't have to do the aggression hypnosis and and things like that. He could have just never done any of that. That was that was all total stuff that he did of his own free will. And he, you know, his his father was a policeman, and he had served in the military. And he'd gone to his dad, been like, you know, wh- what do I do? What do I do here? I'm, I'm getting ridiculed around town. You know, th- you know, this is hurting, hurting me. And his dad said, listen, you know, if you're telling the truth, just keep telling the truth. That's it. That's, yeah. that's all you got to do. Well, like, imagine if and- Zell came to his dad and said that. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, you want to, let you me tell you what the what? truth is. Let me tell you what the truth is, brother. You better run the business. <laughs> yeah. Put on your tool belt. Grab your hammer and a pouch of and nails. Shut the fuck and up. Build yeah. some fucking shit. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Herb got a tremendous amount of shit for coming out about this. Like, uh, there, there was one, there was one event where they, he said that uh, within the town cemetery, people had actually hung up like a type of like a dummy with that that lo- may have looked like a an alien or something like that, and they had shot it full of holes and painted Herb on it. Oh. And even even the paramedics, like the people from the hospital, had got in on it, and they took an ambulance out there and and carted it away in an ambulance. Yeah, and like a like it was yeah, some like, fucked up shit. Um, there were, like know. imagine getting bullied by your entire fucking town. That's what was happening to Herb. Yeah, poor, yeah. poor Herbie. Um, and this is why this is why. And Paul warned him. Paul, Officer Paul, is like, don't fucking tell anyone. Yeah. Right. It was. I can't even imagine if Officer Paul was telling Herb this. I can't even imagine how many UFO encounters that were taken to the grave by people because they were too afraid to share their like their experiences because 100%. of this kind of ridicule. It's crazy, especially at this yeah. time. Yeah. And Herb, like things had actually gotten pretty good for him. Like Herb, Herb actually ended up taking the position of police chief. After uh, Woloskin, uh, the, the previous chief the, that had called him on his stuff, like, what is this? And, and checked out the, the, the UFO site. Like, he had taken over for him after he retired. And within that two months, like, like he had this shit. He had the fucking dummy thing. Somebody actually, what he said, somebody dynamited his patrol car. <sighs> Dude. Huh. As what? soon as I heard that, the only thing that came through my head was, just the good old boys. Never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw. Been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. There's a Dodge like Challenger fucking... ramping over his patrol car as <laughs> yeah, it exploded. Yeah, like as it explodes. <laughs> uh, it was fucking crazy. Um, yeah, uh, that caused him actually to to quit the job. Like he had been police chief, and th- this whole thing like pretty much just fucked up in his entire life. His wife left him. He was a yeah. police chief for like three days. Two months. Two months. Two months. That's it. Two months. And then he fucking resigned because he's like, was done. I don't need this. So, you know, the, the 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 encounter, you know, if whether that, you know, I guess you could say it either lends him credibility, uh, to to that he experienced that much pushback, that much persecution because he revealed, you know, his his sighting and you know his experience. It's just like, yeah, it's like, it fucking sucks, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Fucking blows. Last thing I wanted to mention about this is it just occurred to me that this happened not that far after our famous account at Shag Haba, Nova Scotia, where Ron Pond started his lifelong quest to discover the truth. I don't know. These don't seem that related, but I just couldn't help but notice the difference or the timeline of October 4th was Shag Harbor. And what do we got here? We, uh, was it December? Was it December yeah, 3rd? So the same, like, the, honestly, this Couple is months? like I said, I can't even imagine. This is such a hot time for UFOs. UFOs were the thing. The, they were the craze. The amount of UFO encounters and abductees that are just like, you know, 
unjustly ashamed of their encounter to say anything. And they just took the encounter to the grave with them. Cause I'm sure there's hundreds, if not thousands more of these kind of cases, because you got to think during this time, this guy in his small town in the office tells one other person. And that other person is like, Ooh, I've seen him too. Literally the first, the first fucking person he tells is like, I've seen him too. You can't tell anyone. Like it's gonna be bad. We we can't tell anyone. How many people had this like don't ask, don't tell mentality back then about UFO encounters? Of like, uh, all I know everybody. is fucking Ron Pond didn't resign. He got on a fucking boat and dived way down deeper oh. than any other humans ever done and kicked some fucking ass. Got, yeah. Ron Pond's been kicking Shermer ass. Shermer could take then. fucking notes. Yeah, if you would have dynamited Ron Pond's car, buddy, Ooh. he was. You'd probably get cuffed. He's gonna Buddy, take that you out whole the planet. Lot. That whole planet would have got fucking jerseyed. Yeah, wherever that they're from, fucking, all of them. The cameras are gonna turn off for a second, eh? Yeah, it's a little dead right. spot. Um, it's right. uh, <laughs> it's a fun case. Uh, it's it's a very interesting. I again, I find him very believable. You know, this is someone who never benefited from it. He's not like a Travis Walton that, you know, is, you know, fucking kissing babies and signing autographs. He's got no book deals. He's got no book deals. Book deals, movies. Give a nice handshake. He, he didn't, he didn't profit from this. This hurt him uh, in many ways throughout his life. Um, and you listen to his account and there's aspects of it that I, like, I really latch onto and I go like, that's very interesting. And there's also aspects of it that I believe our, our I'm not going to say he's lying, but what I'll say is I believe he's fabricating to sensationalize the story better. And he probably doesn't need to because when he, you know, when he's talking about the fire shooting out the bottom and stuff, I go, wow, that sounds incredible. And then when later he's talking about the propulsion, I'm like, why is there fire shooting out? It doesn't make sense to me. There's things that don't add up for me in his story, but I think that's because he's told the story so many times and I think he plays the crowd and he plays the audience. I mean, I think anyone who tells stories, comedians, anyone is guilty for this. You sensationalize some aspects to make the story pop more. Um, And I think he's doing that in some circumstances, which I understand, but at the same time, I find detrimental to UFO encounters because then people will latch onto those things that they don't like and be like, well, I don't believe any of it. Yep. Those are my thoughts on it. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I if I'm gonna, if we take this at face value and he everything he's saying is he's trying to tell the truth, I feel like a lot of loss in translation because I don't understand why you have to come to Earth for energy. I don't I for some I can't wrap my head around why we need to come here for electricity when yeah. electricity is you get a solar, yeah. It's everywhere. I mean, unless unless they were Maybe like, we got the good stuff, baby. Maybe our stuff's like 91 often. <laughs> right? Like our fucking juice. <laughs> so like you get you, some of that earth juice, baby. Woo! No wonder their machine was shooting flames. They got that loaded up on earth juice. That's not how electricity works. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're going to traverse the you're going to fold space time to jump through wormholes or whatever the fuck you're doing to get here. And then you're going to have like, we're going to plug into your 110 volt outlets and uh, recharge our ship to get back. You're like, you didn't yeah, think that one through very good. propulsion system is run on that, but all their like electrical and their lights, electricity, baby. 
You got to top yeah, up. That's what I mean. I think if that if everything he says is if if he's trying to if he whatever he's saying is completely true, it seems lost in translation. But as you said, it doesn't really seem like he profited. If anything, it more it ruined his life more than made it better. So uh, it's a toss up for me. I don't know. It's not my favorite case, but I'm not I'm not giving a, I'm not gonna just chuck it in the trash. Dan, it's an it's a good case. He, he, however, you look at it, I think uh, yeah, having a first hand account of him, you know, reporting this, uh, you know, he again, Brayden said he's told this story. It seems he's told the story multiple times. I, I never really get on board with the with the regression hypnosis stuff. I know mm-hmm. it's been. You don't uh, believe Dr. Sprinkle? <laughs> First off, when I read that, I was like, is that a real name? Is that part of the made up story? And then I was like, oh, no, that's official. Okay. I'm pretty sure regression hypnosis has been at least uh, from what I've read is like been thoroughly debunked as a, as a thing. At least it's not admissible in court. I mean, it's not, you know, it will not fly in a, in a court of law. So it's like you can't use it as testimony or you can't use it or whatever because I'll, there are there are I'll fundamental flaws. There are fundamental flaws in that. I mean, there are fundamental flaws in you human memory in general. Uh, but, you know, regression hypnosis is something that that strongly does can be affected by suggestion or experiences or anything that you read. It's, it's just kind of in there. So it's, it doesn't really count. I mean, brain's powerful. Um, I agree. I agree with that. But the thing for me is that like, I've, I've been to a couple of like hypnotist shows and stuff. I've gone up on stage and the whole time I'm like this, like just kind of playing along and the hypnotist will always be like, you're out, leave. And I'm like, okay. Right. All right. (laughs) And then I've seen people who like are not really outgoing and who would not normally play along, like really, really play along. And I'm always kind of like, I know this is fake, but at the same time, how the fuck are you getting this person to play along in this like in this hooey? But you'd poo-poo me off the stage because I would probably do everything stupid that you're asking. I would just do, and I'm not hypnotized. I'm like, okay, like hey, hey, hey look at me, look at me, watch me do some funny stuff, and he kicks me off the stage, and then he'll like, get people, and I'm like, I've been with people who are not those people, and they'll do this this shit on stage. So that part of it always fascinates me a little bit. So I know, and I understand, I completely agree. This is inadmissible court. To me, it's some sort of pseudoscience, but I'm not going to discount the fact that I've seen people who, you know, are really shy and reserved, do shit that's so fucking out of character for them and been like, and then when they come down, I'm like, were you really hypnotized? This is what I say to everyone. I go, were you really hypnotized? Or are you just fucking around? And they go, uh, no, it was kind of weird. Like I just kind of felt like just to just go for it. I felt like really loose and comfortable. Well, I think do it. I think that could actually. I mean, we could probably do a whole case case file on hypnotism itself. Like you know that kind of topic because I think there's there's stuff to it. I don't think it's necessarily like uh, like a, a a magic trick or something yeah. like that. Or it's, it goes that deep. I think it's more. Uh, you know, my ideas about hypnotism are, are different, but. Uh, you know, so I, but for him, like, I believe perhaps he saw something and that's what a lot of the, you know, the Condon report at least reported or the people that that interacted with Herb Shermer, like it was he saw something. What he believes he saw was real. He believes yeah. that he saw something. 
Andrew, if you got time before your draft picks, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I was going to say we got this. That was a long individual wrap up. Andrew, you're up. Let's go. <laughs> we had to wait for Andrew to get back. I mean, it's tough to say. Like, I like the fact that he's not profiting. Off <laughs> he's this. like tough that to say. You know, I've got this guy out of New York. I might pick first overall. It's going to be a tough one for me. A toss up. You know, do I? <laughs> I'm not taking a Yankee or a Met first overall. I'll tell you that much right now. Not going to fucking happen. All right, let's. Uh... Why don't we, Zell, why don't we get into a little space news? All right, what are we starting with? Want to escape Earth? This company claims to have bottled the smell <laughs> oh, of space. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, I don't know what, what, I don't know how this works. I I don't get it either. According to those that have been, it uh, space smells, it's a little bit burnt. A little like gunpowder uh, has some rum notes, and this article says, "And if your astronaut Tony Antonelli, it's a smell that's different than anything else, and apparently it's been bottled. Uh, you know, soon you'll be able to order your own La Space. Uh, <laughs> space. The only space smell that anyone actually knows is what whatever is inside the space station. <laughs> yeah, a mix of how many different plastics and chemicals and metals are in that fucking thing." Well, I've heard yeah. like seared meat, you know, yeah. from podcasts I've listened to with astronauts and stuff. Yeah, that's recycled air. Yeah, so it's 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 I'm like, it's very interesting. And they they say that uh, you know they've with the fragrance company Stephen Pierce, they've used it, they've recreated this space smell in a laboratory, and. Um, you know, basically, basically, they've taken it to astronauts and astronauts. Some, well, I'm not going to say astronauts in whole. Whoever they're paying to say it smells like space is agreeing. <laughs> hey, well, hey, I would buy a bottle. Let's go. Let's let's package that up. Yeah, buddy, bring it over. It's called. I mean, the last. <laughs> it's called Uda Space. Last stuff I bought was fucking Brute, and that was in like 2003. So, remember that shit. Brute. No. Nobody's dad had it. Nah. After shaved. I don't fucking remember. Buddy, yeah. I was I had I had Damn Calvin brute. Klein B or whatever. That's all I used when I was twelve. <clears throat> you never had brute? No. I don't remember. Fuck. I'm oh it's bad. It Yo, does Papa Conspiracy I, I seem like a cologne guy to you? Potentially. No, he was not. Anyways, stay tuned for uh, your chance to purchase a little smell of space coming soon. Well what does space? I hope that it becomes a thing. Um, I hope it's not too expensive. If it's not too expensive, you know what? I'm going to reach out to who, whatever company's making this, and I'm going to see if I can get a bottle that we can uh, give away. <laughs> sure, you do that. Well, I mean, their well, Kickstarter's are, their Kickstarter already has like four hundred and fifty thousand dollars, apparently. Yeah, it's so. like ten oh, times yeah. more than they thought, and they still have a hundred times left. their goal. Oh, a hundred? Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. With a month left to go, so you know. Either they're running um, off with that or what, or we're getting the smell of space. <laughs> um, if you haven't seen this already, the historic moon landing footage has been enhanced by AI. So basically the Apollo footage has been enhanced by AI and it is incredible. Um, if you haven't seen it, we're showing it on the live stream right now. It is so fucking cool yeah apollo um, 16 go, and 60 fps fucking high def it looks fucking rad they took it they converted it from converted to 720p hd and then 
increased the frame rate from 12 to 60 frames through. So, I mean, it was shot in 12 frames. So it was always really choppy. That's why it was like, oh, that's fucking fake. It's so shitty. But that they didn't have great handheld or mobile film recorders back then. But now uh, through AI, they've filled in all the frames. You can see a nice crisp 60 frames per second. You can find that. To me, to me, it's crazy that AI can take footage that's that old and make it that crisp. Because then I'm like, to me, I'm like, that means when you shoot, even though we are shooting with shitty cameras, that means that information is there somewhere in that footage to make that. You know what I mean? Like, even though we didn't have the technology, we captured a moment and that all that information is there and AI just puts it back together properly. Yep. You can see all those secret moon bases on high dash. Yeah. yeah all HD. the craters with the bases. Yep. They look, look very, close. You'll find very, very cool. You can find that pretty much anywhere. Just, just search upgraded NASA film or go on NASA. Yeah. Or go to our YouTube uh, and you can, or join our Patreon and you can watch the live stream and we show it to you. Yeah. Better. What else do I have? The first Arab uh, space mission to Mars just successfully launched from Japan. That's true. The very first one launched from Japan. Going to Mars with a... It's going to be an orbiter going for one Mar- Martian year. And I actually have the video of it. I'll just play it right here. I don't know if you guys, you guys watch it. It's pretty cool. I'll go from the quick countdown here. Boom! Liftoff! They're going up. It is... You know, it's always very cool to see other nations and you know investing in space flights and investing in so space exploration. So, what nation is this exactly? It's the UAE. It's the it's the okay. yeah, it's the Emirates. Arab Emirates. Is it UAF? Yeah, or UAE. Launching from Japan because not every country has their own launch capabilities on their own soil. So, Japan. Yeah. Japan was a go-to. They're heading to Mars to look for that that Martian oil and Martian spices. Hey, delicious Martian spices. If if they find some type of fossil fuel on Mars, we colonize that place in four years. (laughs) They find Martian spices, we'll be there in like half a year. Delicious. (laughs) That is what that is what drives human exploration is our stomachs. Spices. (laughs) Spices. That's all I had for spices. You think that's why? Why did you think they wanted to go to the West Indies? Like spices. Yeah, the spice trade. Big deal. They're like, our food is so bland. We need to spice it up, baby. Spice is life, man. Spice is life. No, that's all I had for space news. That's uh, yeah. Oh, theorite of the week. Oh yes, something we don't normally do, but we're gonna do it tonight. So this week's theorite of the week is uh, Denise Sign. It's also Denise Sign. It's also her birthday coming up. Uh, so happy early birthday. Uh, your friend Lisa has been reaching out to us uh, a bunch to make sure you got the shout out. And D-Nice is a new Patreon supporter. So we only felt it was fitting to give you the theorite of the week as your early birthday present. So thank you, D-Nice, for joining Patreon. And you can thank your friend Lisa for letting us know it's your birthday. Hell yeah. Um. The randomatron is fucking broken. The X3 is done. <laughs> she, yeah, I can't get it it's, working. It's fucking cooked. Uh, we're going to be building a new one. It will have new well, features. It's, it's always cooked, especially when a case falls already into an hour and a half. It's always cooked. No, well, <laughs> very last <laughs> thing that it spit out, though, was five-star reviews. Yeah. It, it shot us Got a couple, new ones. couple extra five-star re- reviews. We haven't done them in a while. Oh, good. Andrew's going to like this one. 
five-star review from Binks2921. Andrew is the number one theorist. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. Hey-o. Yeah, yeah. Hey-o. Hey-o. Um, we've got also, do you guys want to read one? I'm, I got one I'm going to read. It's a, uh, a twist of a review. It goes like this. Zero one zero zero one one zero 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 one one zero one 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 zero one 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 zero one one zero zero one one zero zero one zero one. That's the first line. I put it into a binary translator just to skip the fucking skip it all. All it says is this Skynet write this review. Written by Skynet circa nineteen when was Skynet supposed to come online? Ninety nine. Twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. All those ones and zeros, a huge paragraph just says, love this podcast. Five stars for you guys. Sending you a Twitter direct message of a conspiracy of mine. I couldn't figure out who sent it, but we appreciate it. Skynet. Oh, no. Oh, there it is. Tim Green, not Skynet. (laughs) Tim Green. Thanks for the first ever binary. Binary five star. Um, And I got another one from Optional Moron. This is a fucking great five-star review. <laughs> Probably one of the best five-star reviews I've ever heard. Um, we could use a lot more five-star reviews like this. Uh, my Bay Braden. Uh, <laughs> I have had the pleasure of never seeing what you guys look like. That is a pleasure. Don't I, kid yourself. Yeah. Uh, if you know what we look at like, if you know what we look like, uh, this show has gone downhill for you. Yep. Big time. Uh, I plan to keep it that way by listening to this amazing podcast. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Shout out to the number one. Braden, 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 however you spell that, space Craig. news guy. Boy, get my gun. Yeah, it's, it's Boy, get my Craig. gun. <laughs> uh, that's a good five-star review. Leave us a five-star review if you're listening to this and you haven't already. If you at all want to help the show, you don't want to get on our Patreon, the bare minimum to help our show, subscribe and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And I think not only iTunes, I think CastBox, Stitcher, and a couple other places have started doing reviews. So if you're listening on those platforms, use those. We'll, we'll Drop find a five them. Star. We'll find them eventually, and yeah, we'll get to them. Uh, but if you are on our Patreon, the first week you're on our Patreon, you get your goddamn name read, and usually butchered, obliterated. So this week, newest Patreons are Chloe Claire. Kelsey, Lynn, Kurt. All nice normal names this week. Nothing too crazy so far. Vexington. I don't know. (laughs) Questionable. Brandon. Sam Sprick. Machine Gun Jubblies. That's a real name. And that's it for this week. So thank you very much for supporting the show. Jubblies or Jubilees? Uh, Jubblies. Yeah, jubblies. I like Jubblies better. It's, it's jubblies. It's, no, it's, okay. I like um, Jubblies. jubblies. Get on our Patreon, guys. <laughs> Take Jubblies all day. $5 a month gets you after hours, gets you bonus case files, gets you all the sweet stuff we do, which is tons, Dungeons and Dragons, um, one-star reviewers, uh, Cosmic Channels, tons of stuff on our Patreon, and it directly helps our show. So get on there. And thank you to everyone who is a Patreon and our Discord, which is fucking unreal. Yeah, join us in after hours on Discord immediately after this show. We do that live, or we put it out later as a podcast. Oh. Uh, anything qu- else? I'm going to do a quick requiem for Band of the Week. I've got shit on 
by every streaming service, YouTube, you name it, I can no longer play your band's song on this podcast. Even with permission. Even with permission. Screwed. So, but what I'm still going to do, if you have a an original music, original release, any genre, good music's good music. I do not discriminate. Still send it to alientheorist at gmail.com. Send me your links. And the very least I can do is I will promote it on our socials whenever possible. You know what? Maybe what we could do too is still do band of the week, but we don't finish with the song. We say the band. We direct them people to our social media to listen to the song that we're going to post after the show. We'll, we'll figure out some sort Something of creative like solution. We just no longer can play the music on the podcast and or YouTube. You know what? Let's take that as a, the success of the show has led us to get it screwed over. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> uh, we unfortunately cannot do it anymore. But yeah, still send your songs in and we will do everything we can to get those out. And that's it. And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. Peace, everybody. Peace, everybody.